What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Fitness Lip Breakdown. Good to be back on here. I love jumping on here, especially for um, what I dubbed earlier this year. I think it was in the summer, maybe, of my training thoughts from the day. Now, I haven't done many of these. Um, I tend to get sidetracked very easily, uh, <laughs> as I'm sure most of us do. But I sometimes kind of get the calling when I'm going through a movement session or after I've had some conversations with clients or colleagues or whatever, I get these little hits and I write them down and I'm like, that's probably a good episode for a, a training thought from the day. And this one kind of came to me this morning, probably because I've been working on it very specifically with one client who I'll kind of speak about here in a little bit, having a lot of success with this style of training, really improving strength and overall body awareness with it. And then working on it with another client just in the kind of the circumstances of how can I get more connected with my body during exercise? Because it's very easy. I know I'm, you know, I can even fall on this every now and then if I'm not careful. And I know most, a lot of people I've talked to have this, you know, kind of creep back in their exercise lives of like, you just kind of get stuck in that rut of, of kind of being rushed with everything. And when you're in your movement space or during a workout, it's just how much, how many rips can I rip through? How, how fast can I make this happen? And never really considering, you know, how is my body actually being engaged during that workout? Fully knowing that, like, obviously, the more I can really connect with my body, my brain during the movement, I'm going to get more out of it. But we all kind of fall into that situation of like, I just got to get this done. You know, just rip out as many reps as I can and move on with my day, knowing that, like, who knows what actually happened within my physiology, right? <laughs> um, and I want you to kind of think of everything that we do on a daily basis as how are we really impacting our nervous system? And a, just to make it very simple, nervous system is simply just your brain and spinal cord, right? All of where our stored information is about our knowledge, our conscience, our movement patterns, essentially anything we do in the day, all the information is stored in those two areas. Now, people will use the term muscle memory. That's thrown around a lot in the fitness industry. Um, one of the words I disdain the most. Um, not that our muscles in actual muscle cells individually don't hold important information because they do. But it doesn't hold information in regards to actual movement and movement patterns. Obviously, we get better the more we do a movement and the more we do repetitions and we're more focused and intentional with them. Our repetitions tend to get more efficient, more fluid. They look better. They feel better, right? But the information that we are using to improve on those movements isn't actually stored in the muscle. It's stored in the nervous system. It's stored in your brain, upper movement, upper higher centers in our brain, in the spinal cord. And that is how we improve, right? It's the information from the brain or the spinal cord being sent to the muscle, the information that's coded for those movements, right? Now there is, and I've seen in research, more recent research, information stored within our muscles in regards to things like mu muscle size. Now there may have been previous trainings, you know, situations in your life where your muscle got to a certain size and then you've detrained and you've had some, uh, you know, muscle, uh, wasting, <laughs> uh, happen, right. It kind of goes back to where it was before information of where that muscle was at that time of training, that information may be stored within the muscle specifically about things like size and structure, but nothing to do with the actual movement pattern. Okay. Um, if you do find something on that, if you're really trolling the interwebs and find something on 
on information being stored within the muscle based on movement, movement patterns. And I would be really interested, but as of right now, I don't know anything about that. So think of all of the stresses that you have mentally, psychologically, physically, how are those actually impacting my nervous system? Okay. And when you think about how our nervous system responds, how it might light up easier in different situations, it does very well responding to contrast. Okay. And contrast obviously being like hot versus cold, right? We've all felt being in like a hot tub situation or going outside in a very cold winter day, all of a sudden that information becomes very aware to us very quickly, <laughs> right? If you've ever gotten to like an ice bath, that's one really good way to stimulate your nervous system of like, holy cow, what is going on right now, right? Hot versus cold. It could be something like in a stressful situation of fight versus flight, right? How am I interacting and engaging my nervous system? And more specifically to things like exercise and movement, the kind of the discussions I've had with a lot of clients are, you know, I'm really just not feeling the connection. I understand I want to be there, right? That's the first thing is like, I, I want to get to a position where I can really feel the muscles I'm trying to engage, engage. I can really feel myself getting stronger in X, Y, and Z movement, right? I'm really not feeling that connection from my brain to my body. And what I have found through self-experimentation and working with others in understanding a lot of the research that has been done in the past on this is that contrast element. And this is where we can start to use to our advantage, things like velocity or speed. Let's keep it simple, right? In the instance of, and this is just specifically resistance training. Now you can obviously use this in aerobic work because that's, it's the same exact thing, right? Is how can I use in the same movement, the contrast of slow and fast. I just want to think about speed and how that can really be a stimulant to my nervous system to say, Hey, there's some information here that's being told to me. How am I going to respond to it? I need to really hyper aware, become more hyper aware of what's going on in my body, what feedback I'm getting from the external environment, send that back to my brain and spinal cord and send that back to the muscle. Right? So this is what I kind of want to talk about here a little bit in understanding both the fast component how and where to use it and how and where to use the slow component, what it's actually occurring within that nervous system within the muscle itself and how that's going to really increase the impact it's going to have on your nervous system and really allow you to continue to improve. And I'll give you some examples of this as well as we kind of get talking here, but let's kind of go into and break down that high versus high speed versus slow speed. Okay. So what I want you to think about, and you can try this in your own training is on the concentric muscle action when the muscle is shortening, right? So I'll give you some examples. The press phase of a bench press or the press phase of a shoulder press or the standing phase on a squat or a deadlift or the pulling phase on a lat pull down or a row. That's when the muscle is actually shortening to create the movement to occur. Now, when you do something very quickly on the concentric muscle action, it does some pretty cool things specific to the nervous system. First is when you intentionally, this now this has to be intentionally. It can't just be like on a whim. <laughs> not that it might not do it for you because there are instances where things like reflexive nature does this for you. But the more you can be conscious of it and the more you can do this with intentionality, right? The pull of the row, the push of a press, the stand of a squat, right? With intention, 
no matter how much resistance is on the bar, doesn't matter if it's 90% of what you can do one time or 60% of what you can do one time, do it as fast as possible while still under control with, with proper technique, right? Still in mind. And what that does is when you look at it from the nervous system specifically, in order to move something faster or move something with perceptively faster at a higher resistance, right? You essentially do something to the nervous system that allows you to recruit larger muscle fibers, larger motor units. And all a motor unit is, is the nerve that stimulates specific number of muscle fibers. Okay. The more higher velocity yielding and more force producing motor units and muscle fibers are going to be recruited regardless of how much resistance is being moved. Okay. And those babies are the ones that like to hypertrophy, AKA get larger in size. Those are the ones that can do more work for you per given unit time. Okay. And it takes more overall energy from the nervous system to stimulate those because they're larger in diameter, the nerve itself and the muscle fibers have a larger area to stimulate. So it takes more overall energy from the system to make those happen. Okay. Now that's a pretty big tax on the nervous system, right? Even just by moving something faster with intention. Now it could be like, Hey, let's bench press. You can do 100 pounds, 10 times before you start to fatigue, try and do that concentric action with hundred pounds as quickly as you possibly can. Okay. My guess is that the first set or two is probably going to be okay. You're going to notice the fatigue set in after that. Okay. Because we're really taxing both the muscle and the nervous system together. Now on the flip side, what I want you to try and do, and you can just try that by itself, right. And have just kind of a, a typical regular lowering phase or eccentric phase. What I want you to try and do is that contrast. I want you to combine these two together with the slow velocity on the eccentric, the lowering into the squat, the lowering of a, of, a, of your uh, deadlift, the uh, lowering of your bench press, the lowering or the bar going back up on the pulley of your uh, um, lat pull down, right? Doing that at three to four seconds per rep, okay? What that's going to do is over, <laughs> allow you to increase what's called time under tension. And I know I've talked about this in this podcast before, but we're essentially doing more work per rep. Okay. What typically is one and a half to two seconds on the, on the regular eccentric, we're doubling that. So each rep we're doing twice the amount of work. And what you see is a much more uh, intricate usage of the nervous system. And that as we start to fatigue muscle fibers during that eccentric component, our nervous system start, starts to begin searching for other muscle fibers in that area of the muscle or around the area of the muscle that is typical to do that, that task or that motion and starts to kick those in to do the job for you. So we're starting to recruit more overall muscle mass and taxing the nervous system by having to search and do more work to engage those specific muscle fibers and motor units. Okay. So overall more work per given rep. So we're kind of doing that contrast each rep taxing it to say, Hey, let's find some larger muscle fibers, more energy yielding, higher force producing muscle fibers on the push phase of our wrench press. And let's start to recruit more. Let's start to, to really sp spread out in, in increase our range of capacity to recruit more muscle fibers as we lower. Right. And we're really, instead of a five out of 10 tax on our nervous system that we're typically doing on each movement. Now we're bumping up to a seven or an eight, right? And we really haven't changed anything except for the velocity at which we're moving. And what you'll find is that your focus, whether you were prepared for it or not, <laughs> right? Your focus will have to, 
two or three X just the same to create this kind of motion, right? And the more that you're willing, number one, and the more that we are able to enhance our focus specifically to the movement that we're doing, the more we're better able to engage our nervous system through what I just talked about on the slow versus the fast. And the more we're going to get out of that given workout, because we're going to start to make the connections of seeing, picturing in our minds, what specific precise muscles we're engaging for that exact muscle action. You're going to start seeing these pictures in your brain. The more you practice this of like, oh yeah. And it's going to look different for everybody, right? You're going to actually start seeing the muscle that you're picturing in your brain might not look like it, but you'll start to see something and you'll know exactly what that is. And it'll start to transfer to the real world motion and you'll feel that muscle engage and engage even better. Okay. So all I'm really trying to get out of this and what I'm trying to portray to you is that the more you can focus and I'm just essentially giving you a cheat sheet of how can I improve my focus. And I'm doing that via contrast because your nervous system lights up when there is contrast. So we're using our nervous system to our advantage and that how can I really increase my focus and alertness during exercise and movement and speed and velocity is an easy way to do that. Okay. Now I will tell you if you've never done this before, you may have some residual soreness, okay? Uh, because that eccentric component, when we're lengthening the muscle and there's still quite a bit of tension on the muscle as it's being lengthened, that's where we start to see uh, soreness, delayed onset muscle soreness start to creep in, okay? And I kind of had an episode maybe four or five ago about muscle soreness and how in which mechanisms are maybe active because there's three or four specific ones that, that uh, scientifically we've kind of honed in on. We don't really know exactly why there is muscle soreness to be very precise. Like, oh, this is why you're sore, right? We can't say that specifically because there's many different pathways and we, we're not really sure if it's a combination of those or which ones are at play that create the soreness. But the eccentric component specifically is going to be um, active in creating that soreness. Or it could just be, like I mentioned before in, in previous episodes, this being different to what you've done before. Anytime you change your training, and do something differently than what you've done, you can expect some soreness, okay? Now, once you've tried this a few weeks, maybe give it two or three weeks of consistent trying to maximize the intention of speed on the concentric in three to four second on the eccentric. Once you try this for like a month, now I want you to maybe even try that at lower resistances just to get a feel for what that feels like. As you start to increase the resistance relative to what you can do one time, okay? So now you're doing more weight compared to what you typically do. Still have that intention of moving the resistance concentrically as fast as possible while still under control. Now, in reality, the bar, the dumbbell, or the kettlebell that you're moving might be moving slowly because it's at a higher resistance. And this could be a whole other episode to why it still moves slow, even though you're intentionally trying to move it quickly. <laughs> the intention is what matters. Okay, When you're, you're saying and you're focused saying, I'm going to move this from point A to point B as fast as I possibly can. And in reality, it's moving very slowly because it's at a higher resistance. Keep that intention, okay? The intention has got to be there to stimulate the nervous system using that high velocity approach, okay? On the flip side, you're still lowering it three to four seconds, right? Now you might fatigue faster because this is a totally different approach using higher resistance, even though it's the exact same thing you did at low resistance. It's a whole new impact on the nervous system, right? Everything is essentially leveling up the nervous system to be aware of what's going on externally in the environment. Okay. 
So hopefully this helped. I want you to give it a try. I've I've used this with one of my current clients. To give you an example, um, we've done block training every month to where we focus specifically on one very uh, finite variable because I want to try and keep everything the same, change one thing. And we do change movements every month. Um, that's definitely something that, that is some variation, but we're, we change things like resistance, velocity, planes of motion, all that kind of stuff. But within this last month, we've worked on this contrast of how quick can I press something? How slow can I lower something? And what we've seen over the past couple months of training where we're, we're varying you know, one variable at a time, um, we've seen increases in something specific to like the bench press. Like um, a month and a half ago, this gentleman was doing like 215. Um, and then, you know, one or two times now, like every week we've gone up five pounds and we've been able to do another rep, right? So it's like two, two fifteen, one rep week later, two twenty, week later, two twenty-five. we're up to almost two forty. And I think he's going to try two forty-five this week. So really starting to see and unlock our nervous system to be able to recruit more musculature at a very precise point in time of a movement all based on just changing very slight things in the program to get us there, right? Because we're not going to see that much increase in muscle size from week to week. But what we really can do is we can maximize our nervous system and our capacity for our bodies to work. That's really what it's all about, okay? We're going to be capped off at some point in time unless we start popping something or injecting something in the capacity of our bodies to get to a certain size. But we can always hone in, tweak, refine, and make more efficient our nervous system over time. So keep that in mind. It's really cool. This is something I geek out on all the time because it's super interesting and it can be related and actually see it in the real world, how it changes and affects things uh, for the positive or the negative, depending on how we look at it. So um, if you have any kind of comments on this, I'd love to hear your feedback. If you have any questions on other topics you want me to dive into, um, hit me up, uh, email trubyhealth at gmail.com or look at me on Instagram at dr.nicktruby, dr.nicktruby, hit me up with a message. Um, love your, your feedback and input for future episodes. So thanks again, guys, for joining me for another episode of Fitness Lip Breakdown, and I'll come back next week. Later, y'all.